Is fundraising a continuous struggle for your school? Do you feel like there's so much more you can do to raise money, but you don't know how to get started? NCEA is proud to partner with Petrus Development to help Catholic schools just like yours raise more money. Through the boat or basic online advancement training, NCEA Premier members are able to access a full library of digital content as well as monthly webinars specifically designed to help Catholic schools just like yours learn the foundational principles necessary to raise more money. If you are a Premier Level member, go to petrusdevelopment.com forward slash NCEA to learn more about this program and get on the boat. It's a new day and a great day for another NCEA podcast, a podcast dedicated to support Catholic educational leaders. Together at NCEA, we address educational challenges, provide professional development and resources, and celebrate success. My name is Laura MacDonald. I am an educational leader and NCEA's relationship manager. I connect and support our members, but today I'm coming to you from my home office in Wisconsin as your NCEA podcast host, and I'm kind of wound up because, but in a good way, one of the most exciting parts of educational leadership is sharing, especially when you come across a resource that you know is going to make a difference in someone's life, so stick around, maybe it's your day. Today, I'm here with Andrew Robison, founder and CEO of Petrus Development. Petrus Development is partnering with NCEA to offer our Premier Level members a gift. But don't worry, we will make sure you know how to be a Premier member before you leave today. Howdy, Andrew. <laughs> Howdy, Laura. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. What's going on today? Oh, you know, we're just uh, hunkered down. It's starting to turn a little bit chilly. We got some uh, weather on the coast that we're uh, expecting some rain from. But other than that, uh, things are going well. And you're over in Texas, correct? Correct. I, I live in College Station, Texas, which is in between Houston and Austin and the home of Texas A&M University, where I went to school and used to work. Oh, you got that shout out in. I I kind of had a feeling you might. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of an easy thing to do. Now, before we start talking about this gift for all our leaders out there, I have to. I'll, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, um, Andrew. This is my first podcast. Hey, uh, <laughs> it's an honor. I've been a guest on podcast, and I listen to podcasts just about every day. I've even listened to yours, but. I've never hosted one before, so I actually looked up on Google, um, and it said, when I looked up about hosting, it said, I quote, anyone can be a podcast host, so. <laughs> it's, it's entirely true, and you're proving it today, Laura. <laughs> and while at the time it seemed um, like confidence building, I'm, I'm, I'm 
now I'm wondering if maybe it might not be a good luck if it doesn't work out here. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, we're off to a fantastic start, and it's only going to get better. I have no doubt. And Andrew, you are a podcast host. You, um, we can listen to Andrew on Petrus Development. It's The Petrus Development is, show is a really great podcast. Um, so do you have any tips for me today? <laughs> no, but I think Google is right, and I have, I have proved that. Anybody can be a podcast host, and I am proof of that. And uh, I, I really enjoy that. Um, I, I love to ask questions. I love to understand things about people. And it's really fun uh, to have some people that I've known for a long time as guests on the show, and I get to ask them all these questions that would be totally unnecessary or bizarre to ask them in normal conversation and but in the context of an interview it's fantastic and then I learn all this great stuff about people that I've known forever well hopefully you like to answer questions too because we have a lot of them for you today so <laughs> great I will do my best <clears throat> excuse me so um, like NCEA, Petrus Development is focused on serving leaders with resources, training, support. Andrew, please tell us a little more specifically about what Petrus Development does. Sure. So we were founded in 2005, and our goal um, has always been to teach Catholic organizations, nonprofits, how to raise more money. We're constantly motivated by the idea that organizations that have more money can do more mission. And um, so that's what we do. We have a team of consultants all around the country. Like I said, I'm in Texas. There's a couple of others in Texas. We've got um, folks in Mississippi, Indiana, St. Louis, California, Colorado, all over the country. And what we do is we, just like as, as fundraisers, we build relationships with our clients. We figure out what their needs are. And then we help to devise strategies to help them uh, in accomplish their goals, whatever that whatever that is. And um, we're certainly not um, a uh, you know nothing about what we do is cookie cutter. We always learn about our organizations and try to support them. That being said, we do um, support organizations that are at the very ground level of fundraising. Maybe they're hiring their first fundraiser or writing their first appeal letter all the way up to organizations that are launching capital campaigns and trying to raise millions of dollars to build new buildings or to add staff or to start an endowment. So we, we do a little bit of everything. We're all practitioners in the field. And that's how I started as a fundraiser. And now it's a joy to be able to work with young and old uh, development officers and leaders to help them grow their ministries. Thank you. You know, and I think too... There's lots of fundraising companies out there that have that same mission, but you're very different because you understand you're dealing with Catholic companies and Catholic schools, and I think that makes you really different. Can you speak to that? Yeah, you bet. So like I said, we're all practitioners, so we've lived this, um, and in many cases, some of our, our fundraising consultants are still practitioners. So they work for an organization and then they consult on the side. That's how I got started um, many years ago. But to your point, Laura, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you a, a brief story. We had our conference, our Petrus Leadership Conference was in Breckenridge, Colorado this past summer. And it was amazing just to be together uh, with everybody and be in community. But we had great speakers, great conversations and great topics. But 
one of the highlights of the entire conference and a highlight from my standpoint as the organizer, but also a highlight from many of the participants was we spent an hour on, I think, the second day in adoration as a group. And we brought in a, a really great musician, Josh Blakesley, and he led praise and worship. And we had um, some of the priests um, actually lead adoration and we had prayer time. And it was just such a great time to reflect. And it was right in the middle of our conference, you know, we went from uh, sessions on planned giving or monthly giving to uh, adoration, and then we went right back into more conversations. And it was it was just a really positive experience, but it also, that was really important to us because we don't want people to think that we're just fundraising for the sake of fundraising. There is a higher mission and a higher call to all of us and to our organizations, and so we really wanted to make that an important piece of the the um, program. And I think that, I mean, I can't imagine doing a conference now, you know, putting on a conference of our own that doesn't have that as a component in it. And, and I think that's so valuable. I know that Catholic educators, um, they're, they're different too. You know, they're extremely dedicated. Many have that option to teach in public schools and, and make more money and, and decide not to. Um, and because of this, our schools are filled with teachers who love what they do and are passionate about their students, their mission, their faith. And so I imagine Petrus development is no different in that way. Yes, yeah, certainly. I've been in fundraising um, my entire career, both on the Catholic side. I also work for a university foundation. Um, but even when I was at the university foundation, there was there there was just this desire and this call to serve the church, continue to serve the church. And so that's how I got started with Petrus. And now that I'm back working for Petrus and being able to work with so many amazing Catholic leaders and organizations. Uh, it's it's just incredibly fulfilling to me, and uh, I see that in the people that we work with, and and in our team members that that there is this uh, drive and this motivation to do as much as we possibly can because of the impact that we see in real people's lives on a daily basis. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to witness and, and be part of. Um, so at NCEA, we're partnering with you at Petrus to offer a gift to our premier members at no additional cost. So if you don't know what a premier member is, we will make sure you know before you leave today. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. Andrew and his team at Petrus Development will be serving our schools with fundraising support. Um, so we have this gift, and I think we've, you know, I feel kind of like, um, a child that finds their birthday gift early hidden in the house somewhere and <laughs> they still have to wait until their birthday before they can play with it. I think we've made our listeners wait enough. So let's let's tell them, can you tell them about BOAT and what that stands for? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So BOAT is a brainchild of the team. This last year uh, in 20, well, starting in 2020, we moved so much of our programming and so much of our connection with our clients and with with other um, ministry leaders and, and organizational fundraisers to um, online. We we did so much virtual training. I think at one point I had done over 150 webinars wow. uh, in in the year 2020. Yeah, it was kind of wild. We did a 55 hour live 
um, conference in 2020, and it was we started at 10 a.m. on on Monday, and we ended at I think 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. on Wednesday, and it was straight 55 hours of virtual programming. <laughs> um, and so in in the in the work that we did there, we just really saw a response that from uh, from folks, uh, ministry leaders, and fundraisers, and uh, teachers, and educators that were saying, "This is amazing," and I never would have known this you know, this resource was here and I never would have known I could, we could do so many things in our fundraising. And so from that, we started to think, how can we, um, how can we offer this to more organizations? And so we put together BOAT, Basic Online Advancement Training. And what this is, is this is a way for Petrus to partner with groups like NCEA and offer virtual training. So there's three components to it, which I'll say in just a minute, but offer this training to to your members at no cost to the members and give them a way to understand the foundational principles of fundraising. So whether that's getting started with, you know, from the ground, whether that's adding new team members and you want to use this program to help train and to develop them as fundraisers, whatever the need is, um, we wanted to be part of that. And so the three components for BOAT are, uh, number one, there's our digital library. So we've got dozens of videos and audio files and downloads and sample documents that you can access on demand at any time, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Um, And there's ways to work through these courses. And there's actually some freebies as you complete the courses, just like, you know, when I play these games on my phone sometimes and I beat a level and it gives me more points, uh, you know, and it unlocks a new code. (laughs) Like that's that we we incorporated some of that in here. So that's the first component is the on demand. We also have the live components, which every month we do two sessions a month, one's informational and one's instructional, where we teach teach the audience something about fundraising and they're uh, applicable to the year. So, you know, we'll do um, instruction on I Give Catholic in the fall and uh, Catholic Schools Week in the spring and just help people to understand how can they raise more money. And then the third component is the cohorts. And so our goal in the cohorts is to get get organizations that are part of this large group to really have a team that they're going through this content and they're learning in a smaller group with organizations that are similar similar to theirs and you know similar size school similar missions maybe geography and really allow them to build community within the boat and so those are the three components i'm really excited about launching this with ncea to your premier members and i think it's just going to be a really exciting year that sounds like fun. And I love boat because you can get in a boat and you have to work together to to steer the boat. And it, it has it has a good visual for me. And as a former principal, I had to oversee fundraising. But like most of my colleagues, our expertise was in education. So taking a class with other professionals in fundraising sounds like it could be very intimidating. But what you're saying with BOAT is these are just going to be our members. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've worked in uh, in and for the church for many years. And what I've heard from a lot of leaders, whether that's pastors, principals, executive directors, is there's this idea that I know we need to raise more money. I don't know how, and I don't even know how to build a team or how to how to guide my team through fundraising. It's not something that I'm familiar with. And so 
So as, you know, like you said, as a principal, you oversaw it, but if you didn't have a background in fundraising, it's kind of like, I think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, they'll tell me if they're not, right? (laughs) We'll pray on it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. And so, so what our goal is in a lot of this is to build community and just to give people whether that's the 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 frontline fundraisers or whether that's the the principals, the presidents, the board members, the leaders, the chance to understand it in in um, in small enough bites that they can say, okay, I don't need to know everything about fundraising, but now I've learned a little bit more through this resource, and so I can be a resource to my team. I can help guide them. I can get started. I can know when it's time to grow. Whatever that is, it's just about giving people the tools and the resources. That's great. So I know firsthand that most of our Catholic schools have limited staff and resources for sure, and sometimes our fundraising department consists of one person and mm-hmm. And maybe some volunteers who are usually very passionate about the school, but they have a full-time job and a family at home as well. Um, so our small Catholic schools have trouble maybe visualizing, especially when we hear universities and these bigger schools that are bringing in substantial revenue. Um, what do you say to them? Well, first of all, I say that I can co- totally commiserate because I have been that one person many times in my in my career. I have been that one person in a shop, and sometimes my boss doesn't even know. You know, to that point earlier, they don't know if I'm doing a good job or if I'm not. And right. um, you know, and I say, "What do you think about this?" I think that's great, Andrew. Go for it. <laughs> I'm here to support you, whatever you need. Um, but it really is about uh, helping helping everybody from the those that are doing the work to those that are overseeing the work to those that are help guiding the work. It's really about, uh, in some cases, getting started. You just need that first step. You need that little bit of the encouragement to, to kind of launch the boat, so to speak. Um, and then sometimes it's about, you know, where... Maybe we have some things going. We've got, you know, our our parents are engaged. We've got a really great event every year that brings in a a substantial amount for our programs. And so I think that we're good. And, you know, from our standpoint, it's about, all right, well, you have some programs that are that are going really well. But are you fully are you fully maximizing the potential uh, in terms of, you know, philanthropy and what you could do if you had more money? Um, But then also we really do care about our donors and I've been a fundraiser. So I know that even now, as I coach fundraisers now, I, I ask them, well, you know, what do your donors need? And the, um, the Bible tells us it's better to give than to receive. We know how, how, touching it is when we meet that donor who's made their, you know, maybe the largest gift of their life to this organization and just that, or, or just a sustaining gift it, but they feel in their heart that they're, that they're living their call. They're living their Christian, their Catholic call to service, to give back. And when our, when our organizations aren't out there asking for those gifts and inviting people to participate and stewarding them and making them um, believe that their gifts are making a difference. It's in some ways a disservice to our donors because they don't get to live that part of their Catholic charity, their 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 Christian life to the fullest. And so, in a way, by us offering doing a better job fundraising on our side, we're not just supporting our organizations in a new way, but we're building up the church and we're building up our community of supporters as well. I think you have a point there, too. I can remember myself as a parent sitting at a school auction and hearing someone at another table say, oh, they they never asked me for 
this or they never asked me. I I was planning on spending a lot more money here tonight. And so, I mean, it makes sense. Um, yeah. And, and that happens. And, and I'll tell one quick story, Laura. Yeah, great. When I was when I was uh, get, just getting started as a fundraiser, we came up with this program to invite our, I was at a campus ministry, so we had college seniors graduating, and we had a program to invite our college seniors to make a pledge. And this is the first time they've ever been asked for a significant gift, and we asked them for $1,000 over the next 50 months, so four and a half years. And they paid that $20 a month, and it and it all went into the endowment. It was a class gift. It was a really great program. But I remember it was about the third year maybe, and I got to know this girl right before graduation, and I knew that she had only been sort of involved. And I said, you know what, I'm going to ask Annalisa about, I'm going to tell her about the class gift and see if she'd be interested. And I sat down with her, and she said, you know, I, I made the um, made the pitch to her, and I told her what the program was and asked her if she'd be interested. And she said, Andrew, I've been really involved with my sorority throughout college. And that was my life. You know, that was like, I, I woke up, I went to sleep thinking about and living my sorority life. But every Sunday evening, I told my friends, I'll meet you for dinner later because I have to go to Mass. And she went to Mass. And she said, just that, my ability to witness knowing that the church was here, that I could come. I didn't get involved in as many programs as I'd like, but that witness to myself and to my friends was enough that if this is a program that I can help, and by the way, my little sister is going to be a student here next year, if my gift can support that, then absolutely, I'm in times times 100 and it was just a really great teaching moment for me that it was some too often we answer no on behalf of our donors because we say oh they've got this going on or they've got that going on or that maybe that's not the right that's not not the right time and we answer a no and that really taught me it's not about answering no or yes on behalf of our donors our our role is just simply to make the invitation and to make ask them if that if this is a program that they would support and sometimes they say yes sometimes they say no but once we do that I can I've always been able to go to sleep with a clear conscience <laughs> knowing that I did what I was called to do and um, more times than not it's paid off 10 times as much it can be intimidating I had to remind myself when I started leading fundraising that I'm not asking for money for myself. (laughs) I'm asking (laughs) for this beautiful school or this beautiful church and for, for us to carry out our mission for these children and our, and our members. So I think that's a, a, you know, a big part of it. You also mentioned encouragement and sometimes we need encouragement. You know, when I think about offering our members this, this course boat and to be part of this, um, I think it's really exciting. I, you know, I would definitely jump in if I were still a school principal, but I think that some of our leaders may need some encouragement thinking, oh my goodness, this sounds perfect, but how am I going to make the time to participate in this class? Talk to us about some maybe strategies you you can suggest for completing the course and who can participate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just one quick story. When Back in the spring, we hosted a, a fundraising seminar with NCEA and Petrus, and uh-huh. we had um, we had a couple of dozen people on that, and some were principals, some were presidents, and I was just really encouraged and motivated by them saying, you know, I had to I had to make some time for this today, but oh my gosh, just meeting the people that are in, and we had small group breakouts, we had uh, you know a lot of opportunities for them to to mingle, and it was just really powerful for them to hear them say, I. 
I've never really known how to get started in fundraising or I've never known, you know, what my role was, but just this short introduction and meeting other people and building community and hearing how other uh, other schools are doing it. This has been really encouraging for me. And so that was that was super helpful in my um you know, my experience working with some of the NCAA members. And so, you know, what I tell people is that we've attempted, we've done our best to design the program, especially the online on-demand content. So some of the videos on there are three or four minutes long and you know, you can go on and listen to one or you can go on and listen to five, but it's about, uh, you know, working, working your way through the content a little bit at a time and everything builds on itself. And so I found that to be really helpful in terms of the live webinars, all the live webinars are they're they're not like other webinars that that we have done or that uh, or the other organizations do. We really do try to focus on a little bit of instruction, a little bit of a a little bit of community, and then a little assignment. And so it's just this. Uh, it it doesn't you know the hour goes by super quick because really we're only talking for 20, 25 minutes, and then you get to meet other people in these small groups and digest what the what the instruction was. And then at the end, it's a ready-made assignment. You know, I don't like to call it homework. Uh, that's probably the, the term <laughs> that, call it ma- that. <laughs> <laughs> many of your members are are used to, but also terrified of. But, you know, it's it's how can we take this instruction? How can we take this lesson from today and actually make it tangible in my work? And so that's what we've tried to do is develop assignments for each of the um, each of the webinars so that you can actually take that and have a ready-made way to apply it into your school or into your work today. I, I just think that's exciting. And I, and I would imagine, too, if um, you build a team at your school site, it doesn't always have to be the same person that logs in and watches the courses. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the the license, I guess, is for the school. And okay. so whether, whether that's the principal, whether that's a fundraiser, whether that's a, a key volunteer, a board member, whoever is anybody, is, you know, kind of that has that association with the school can certainly come on and, and watch the content or can join the live webinars. And then what that also does is that helps all of our institutions, you know, other people at the institutions uh, learn a little bit about fundraising. And so then you can work together better as a team. I always tell people when they're signing up for a conference, I say, all right, well, I know you're coming, but is there anybody else on your team that you'd like to bring along? Because, you know, maybe they are not totally, um, you know, responsible for fundraising, but if there's ways that they can help or there are ways that they can support and encourage the process, then this is a great opportunity for them to come and and learn a little bit more about fundraising for you to bounce those ideas that you hear in the sessions off of each other. And so I've always found that to be extremely helpful. And I would certainly encourage NCA members to take the same approach with regard to the boat program. Right, because it really is a team effort. So I heard you say recently to one of your guests on your podcast, The Petrus Development Show, Anyone can fundraise. It kind of reminded me of the advice I got today with from Google about <laughs> anyone can right. do a podcast. But you broke the process into three basic steps, and I really like that. Can you kind of share what you said? Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, fundraising is is fairly simple, and I, I you know, I prove that point. If I can host a podcast, then anybody can. If I can be a fundraiser, anybody can. But it's really about three simple things. Number one, tell your story. Whether that's telling your story 
to the broad audience through some of your communications, whether that's telling your story, sitting down with an individual, a parent, or an alumnus one-on-one. Tell the story and uh, excite them about what your what your school is doing. Second second step is ask for a gift. Um, so you know sometimes this is inviting them to be a monthly donor. Sometimes it's a- inviting them to host a table at a benefit dinner. But it's about making that invitation. Again, we can't answer no on behalf of our donors and expect to be successful. You have to make that invitation. And so just simply asking is the second step. And then the third is say thank you. It's about if you want loyal donors, if you want to build that community of supporters that are coming back over and over again, then it's important for you to say thank you and um, make that a positive giving experience for them as much as much as you can. And so if you can do that, tell your story, (laughs) ask for the gift and say thank you. I mean, you can be an amazing fundraiser. I love it. So, okay, I have some questions for you. Kind of fun. What is one of your favorite scriptures? Oh, gosh. So there's a lot, but <laughs> uh, I would say my favorite is probably Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And this is, uh, you know, Jesus is in the boat, and he says to Simon, or Jesus is not in the boat, um, he's on the shore, but he says to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. And I love that. In fact, my son is Luke. He's just turned two, and we Aww. have the scripture in his room. And what I love about it is that he... he Jesus didn't tell Simon, all right, stand on the shore next to me and cast as far as you can. No, he said, get in the boat, go out into deep water, and lower your nets for a catch. That's where you're going to find the fish. And it's such a metaphor for fundraising, but also just for life. It's about sometimes we feel comfortable standing on the shore, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) that's not where we're going to catch the big fish. We have to get in the boat. We have to take those risks. We have to put ourselves out there. But when we do, oh my gosh, the rewards are so great and um, we can achieve things that we never even thought possible. So Luke chapter five, verse four, definitely. I love it. So I know you have three children and I think you have one more on the way. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, I've got a, a 12-year-old, although uh, she acts like she's 17 most oh, of the time. Great. <laughs> uh, I've got a, a six-and-a-half-year-old uh, who's just killing it in first grade this year, uh, two-year-old Luke, and then we're expecting number four in the fall. Oh, wow. So you may not be doing a lot of pleasure reading right now, or maybe your pleasure reading is a children's book. What's one of your favorite books? Yes, yeah, so I love to read, um, uh, but I don't. I, I it's hard for me to, to find time, like you said, to sit down and read a book. <laughs> I can imagine. But I got into I got into audiobooks just like you. I'm a big podcast listener, uh-huh. but my Audible library is um it's so full. I don't even know how many books are in there, hundreds. Um, and so two of my favorite books. Number one is The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. It's a great he Simon Sinek wrote Start with Why, mm-hmm. and uh, Infinite Game is his follow. But it's just this idea that we're we're all playing in an infinite game, uh, the game of life. And so we have wins, we have losses, but it's about getting up and continuing forward because the game is infinite and we have to continue. So that's kind of that, you know, like business minded, but, um, from a just pleasure reading, one of my favorite books of all time is by Richard Adams. It's Watership Down. And my wife makes so much fun of me for this book because it's about (laughs) rabbits. Oh. And she, she's like, Andrew, I, you know, I keep trying to get her to read Watership Down. And she says, I don't care anything about rabbits. And I said, no, no, it's not about the rabbits. It's about what the rabbits represent. And it's just this great story 
about these these rabbits who have to flee their their warren and just the challenges that they are kind of constantly facing to ultimately find a new home and find a new place to live and make that life sustainable and i just love it and then the greatest thing about that book that i found out is that richard adams the author actually wrote that book as he was telling the story to his grandkids, and so they would kept saying, Dad, "Or Grandpa, tell the rest, of, tell the next part of the story." And so he would tell the rest of the, the, and so he made it up as he was telling his grandkids. And then at the end of the day, he was, he, you know, somebody thought, "You need to write this down." And so he wrote the book, and that's how we have Watership Down. Oh well, it, it's kind of inspiring as a storyteller. A lot of our teachers are great storytellers. So, how about mm-hmm. a favorite teacher? So I'd have to go all the way back to third grade, Miss Rodney, and she taught science, and she was just such a pleasure. You know, now I can look back and say, oh my gosh, she was such a pleasure to be around. She really cared about the kids. At the time, I just liked her because she was fun, and she made, you know, we learned about stuff. Uh, you know, we learned about science. We learned about math. We learned about everything, and I just really always kind of go back to Miss Rodney in third grade and think, oh man. I wonder what Miss Rodney is doing. I'd love to meet her and hang out and tell her, you know, how impactful she was to me in third grade. Well, and I always like to ask people that because, you know, as an educator and our listeners are educators, I think sometimes we forget the impact that we do have on people's life, even in to their adult life. You know, we still think of that that one teacher that inspired us in some way or made us feel important or loved and connected. So I love most, hearing that. Most definitely. And after school, so my undergraduate degree is in history. And so my plan was to be a history teacher. I was going to be a history teacher and a coach. And I, I was involved in the church here at the university. And so the development director needed assistant. He invited me in and I said, well, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. And he said, well, why don't you just try it out? And so I ended up as his assistant fundraiser, assistant development director, and just found a calling. But I, I think that's why I, <laughs> I love these programs like boat, like some of the other programs that we do is because, you know, at the end of the day, I still love teaching. I'm a teacher at heart and I love working with with fundraisers or with leaders who want to learn how to do fundraising a little bit more or want to learn how to lead a ministry a little bit more. And so it, it fulfills me in a lot of ways just by being a fundraising teacher as well. Right. I mean, ultimately you are a teacher. So that's, and you're teaching something so important to our schools. You know, you never see fundraising written in our mission, but without fundraising, we, we, we have no mission, you know, we have to fund our schools so we can do what we need to do. So it's really, really important. Well, I want to thank you, Andrew, for coming today or for talking with me today. It was a pleasure Mm -hmm. speaking with you. Um, I'm hoping I will get to pop into a session or two with the members and share in the excitement. So thank you so much. Excellent. And I would say for your first podcast hosting job, you nailed it. Oh, Fantastic. Good. Job. Good. Thank you. Google is right. <laughs> hopefully, well, at least in your case. Hopefully it recorded, right? Hopefully it pushed <laughs> the right buttons. <laughs> uh, well, well, yes, we'll assume that it did and everything worked out fine. Thank you so much. So if you've already renewed for 2022 your NCEA membership, but are not sure if you are a premier member, just contact our office and we will assist you. And if you're not an NCEA 
member, but you, you really want to get involved, you want to be part of BOAT, visit ncea.org and click on membership and complete the registration process. Once you are registered for your NCEA Premier Membership, we will send you the information you will need to register for Petrus and BOAT. Okay, NCEA leaders, do you or someone you know have a success story? I bet you do. Don't be shy. Let's share the good news in Catholic education, and together we can make a difference in someone's day. Thank you. 